Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. As you've been hearing in the news, more residents in the Shushwamp area of BC today will learn more about the damage done by wildfires, specifically the Bush Creek East wildfire. And we are learning more as well about some residents who stayed behind and stayed behind to fight those fires and save their homes and the homes of their neighbours. Jim Cooperman is joining us now, president of the Shushwamp Environmental Action Society, also the author of Everything Shushwamp. Jim, thank you so much for taking some time today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, there have been uh, a lot of, of different uh, accounts of what's been happening in the area as far as some residents who stayed behind. Uh, we chatted with one last week as well. Uh, can you describe what it's like now? And, and we'll go back and, and kind of recap as well. But what are things like there today? Well, you know, normally you present the um, what's happening sort of as a good news, bad news scenario. So what I thought I'd do is start off with the bad news and then make everybody feel better at the end with the good news. So basically about 10% of the population, the local people, stayed behind. And these aren't just Joe Q people. Many of them are very skilled loggers and contractors and some have years of experience fighting fires and they are the true heroes in our community they are the ones that managed to somehow shelter from the wildfire the firestorm while the bc wildfire service fled and and they left these locals there for about a day without any help at all and these are the people that work tirelessly day and night, and continue to work tirelessly day and night, protecting homes and properties. They've saved countless homes. There are so many stories out there. And one day I hope to document them all in in perhaps a book. But meanwhile, these people, our heroes, are being denied supplies. The police are out in force. They can't drive on the roads. They can't get in of food and water. They can't get in food for their livestock and their pets. And, and um, they risk getting arrested. There's, uh, the, the police are extremely militant. Some of them, including the conservation officers, are, can be very difficult to deal with. Chase people down. They have spike belts. And these, are the, and they, these people, uh, the contractors, they can't even get fuel for their vehicles. So that's, that's, that's one of the main problems. Another main problem is that the threat of the wildflower, wildfire, wildfire, it, the wildfire, it still continues. Um, it could blow up again. It's all dependent on the weather. And a an, an big problem for everybody out there, including the BC Wildfire Service, um, are the hot spots. And trying to put them out is like playing a game of whack-a-mole. You put it down, and hours or days later, it's 
still up again, and there's still a threat. Two homes that I uh, I know of burned down days after the fire from hot spots. Another big problem uh, is the CSRD, our regional district. They have ostracized our regional district director, and he is on his own. He managed. He stayed behind, and he's been helping coordinate uh, the relief effort and everything that's going on in the North Shushwap. He's he's another one of our true heroes. And also, uh, at the beginning, the CSRD issued permits. They're not allowing any permits for people to go back in. Um, so another big problem is many major mistakes were made. And uh, I'm working on beginning documenting all those. And uh, people are saying, well, now's the no- not the time to lay blame. And I, I understand this. But uh, you have to understand that people did not get the warning to leave in time. They were trapped and they had to get out by boat or drive a long ways around on a logging road. Now, the good news. Fortunately, the people on the North Shushwap are both resourceful and resilient. They're finding ways to get around the police, to get to sneak supplies in. Um, it's amazing. People are uh, uh, somehow evading the boats on the lake and getting supplies in that way. I saw a photo on Facebook of a tugboat with a barge and a, and a fuel truck on it. Um, the BC, uh, we, uh, we have great cooperation with the BC Wildfire Service. Since day one, they've been working side by side with the locals. Um, I, I managed to get back on the second day, and um, they were at our place and helping. They, they have water tanks set up, and they've been setting up more with hoses and sprinklers. Uh, that was all set up just before the, the controlled burn, and uh, it helped save a number of homes. Uh, other key people are the fire departments. There's fire departments there from every part of the province. And just at our place alone, we've had uh, fire departments from Gibsons, from Vancouver Island, from Big White, and from Sycamuse. And they're there to help with the spot fires. They're there when you phone. They come. Um, They're so helpful. Um, Right now, uh, just in the last few days, uh, uh, they've set up courses so that some of these local people can take them and become certified for uh, firefighters. And uh, to date, 44 people have taken the course. And as of yesterday, nine are out out working on fires side by side with the government's uh, firefighters. And um, if they're aware of uh, fires at their home, near their home, they're allowed to go there and, and work at home if they need need to be so um there you know minor improvements but they're important improvements and and um bc hydro they're they're in force um they've got 45 people they're working now and 75 crews are coming on the weekend they've already have the power up in scotch creek but uh, they did an assessment. There's 22 kilometers of power line down, 317 poles, 52 pieces of other equipment. So there's a huge job ahead of them, but they're working as quickly as possible. 
All right. Well, Jim, we will leave it on that positive note. And thank you so much for joining us and letting us know what is happening in that area today. Appreciate your time this morning. Could, could I just add one more thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Any listeners, um, uh, could, if they want to help, please phone a politician and tell them that uh, changes have to be made um, when it comes to wildfires. We need to work with local people who have the skills in rural areas. And that is what happens in other jurisdictions, especially the country of Australia. All right, we will leave it there. That is Jim Cooperman, president of the Shoe Swamp Environmental Action Society, also the author of Everything Shoe Swamp.